Hello and welcome to Bills and Sunberg's Lawcast. I'm Javier Avigno, the practice group leader of Bills and Sunberg's Land Development and Government Relations Practice Group. And I have the pleasure of being joined by Stanley Price, the chair of our group. Um, today we will be discussing a very important topic around transit-oriented developments, uh, specifically the rapid transit zone that Stanley had a large part in. So Stan, let's jump right in. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you. So the rapid transit zone, um, why don't you walk us through uh, how that came about uh, and, and a little bit of history behind that? Well, in 1977, uh, I was an assistant county attorney for Dade County and uh, I was called to a meeting with the mayor, uh, several department heads, the county manager, uh, who were excited to learn that uh, through the efforts of our congressional delegation, that we were granted a major uh, uh, award by the federal government to uh, develop and to complete a rapid transit system in, in uh, Dade County. At that time, it was known as Metropolitan Dade County. Uh, the county attorney assigned me the job of working with uh, the outside consultants as well as uh, the county hired an outside law firm from Chicago to assist in the, the technical aspects of the system. Uh, probably the most important thing that I gleaned from all of the discussions was they described the rapid transit system as the nerve system of a human body. Uh, the brain controlled all the nerves. And uh, what they embedded in me at that initial discussion is that Dade County government had to be and maintain control of the development, uh, the areas around the rapid transit zone. And with that in mind, I drafted uh, the ordinances for Dade County, which gave supreme power, which we had under the Home Rule Charter of the Constitution, to take total control of all the land use decisions in the rapid transit stations and the rapid transit zone, which is the area in which the tracks would be uh, placed within the county. And so the, the rapid transit zone, you know, now lives within what is multiple jurisdictions. Uh, Miami-Dade County currently has over 30 jurisdictions and, and several of them uh, reside uh, within within the rapid transit zone. So uh, as you as you're indicating, those land use decisions are centralized within uh, the county, and and to an extent that does uh, um, among other things streamlines the approval process as well as the permitting process. That is correct. But for the last 40 years, that was not the case. Uh, what was in fact occurred is that the county government, specifically after the early 1990s when we went to a 13-county uh, commission system, basically handed back the land use powers to the various municipalities uh, to control development within their area. That was an abject total failure, and uh, within the last two years, someone realized that that was not the way to develop this system but to go back and make Dade County the central governmental entity in charge of making these decisions. There's been a, a noticeable uh, sort of push or uptick in transit-oriented developments. Uh, you know, it seems to be something that's quite prevalent, not just here in Miami-Dade County, 
but really throughout uh, the country. Uh, you describe the rapid transit zones um, as not just where the metro rail stations are themselves, but sort of the surrounding area, most of which is uh, county owned and has largely served as surface parking. Uh, what do you think are some of the factors that are really uh, bringing forth the desire to really redevelop these corridors? Well, we have to go back to uh, the original consultant that was brought in by Dade County. They drafted a document called Value Recapture, which was a blueprint on how to develop this system. And the Value Recapture refers to the uh, major capital improvement necessary to build the system, and how does the government recapture that, that development cost. And what they rec recommended was density and intensity along the rapid transit system, uh, which would hopefully eliminate a lot of the automobile traffic in a congested metropolitan area, coupled with the fact that it would create opportunities for people to live and work and recreate along the rapid transit system, which will increase ridership. So going back a, a little bit, um, you, you mentioned that the, the, the idea behind the rapid tr transit zone started in, in the early 70s and, and then you know, took several years to, uh, to build. Do you think that there's an opportunity? Uh, you know, we've heard the, the discussion points about rail being extremely expensive. You know, our, our system, um, you know, is one that's an overground system. Um, and, and so there's a, a number of factors that, that go into, um, uh, you know, into any sort of expansion, including eminent domain. Do you think that there's a path forward for additional sort of expansion opportunities of the system itself? I, I believe we are at a point in history where that could occur. And uh, as a result, uh, President Biden has announced a major infrastructure plan for the United States. And a major component of that plan is uh, mass transit, uh, train systems, uh, better efficiency in uh, traffic signalization and the like. So the answer is yes. Uh, I did the very first mixed-use development on a rapid transit system, Overtown North, and in which a private developer approached the county uh, agreed to build an office building for the county and agreed that he would build an office building for private enterprise. And that has been a model which has now been continued on uh, Dadeland North, Dadeland South. Uh, Coconut Grove Metro Rail Station. And, and the downtown station, which is the uh, mixed-use development on steroids, which is going to cause a total redevelopment and a re-emphasis of people taking mass transit. One of the fallacies of the original design is that the system did not serve major population and employment centers. Uh, it went south, which is a major transportation, but the northwest leg of the system did not service uh, people who had the socioeconomic ability to maximize the need. Uh, we are now expanding the service up US-1. Uh, there's a major plan to develop the system up 27th Avenue to uh, Dolphin Stadium. And uh, all of these will ba basically interconnect with 
tri-rail system. So we will have one major metropolitan area going from uh, Palm Beach down to, to Miami. So what you're describing is the interconnectivity of different modes of transportation, whether it be you know actual rapid transit or it be busways um, and other uh, you know commuter rail systems that all will sort of interconnect. You need to make it attractive for people to give up their automobile, and the way you make that attractive is you cut down their commuter time, you give them clean, uh, efficient transportation mode. Uh, the days of having archaic buses, that uh, air conditioning worked 50% of the time, that is not an incentive to get people out of their automobiles. I think now we're going to see it occur, and as what, was, what we've had of recent vintage is the underline, which is now going to create recreational activities and uh, walking areas for the public which will once again be an incentive to use these rapid transit systems. I'm very encouraged. And all one has to do is go up to Atlanta to see what they've done with their beltway system. The old train tracks are now bike paths, walking paths. Every half mile you have a major uh, retail restaurant situation. And my children live in Atlanta and they use that all the time on the weekends. One of the thoughts behind uh, transit-oriented developments in, in, in the bigger sense and, and specifically within our rapid transit system is that the creation of those nodes, those densified nodes of mixed uses, be it uh, residential and commercial uses, office uses, um, will, will bring the folks um, to live there and give them that connectivity and, as you said, take them sort of out of their vehicles um, and, and so, so looking forward uh, into the next you know, 10, 15, 20 years of, of, of rapid transit as it relates to Miami, what do you envision um, with respect to uh, the RTZ zone and changes, modifications from a land use and planning standpoint that can be made to facilitate those changes? I, I think the county has come to the recognition that uh, by consolidating all of the zoning powers into the county, they can create these fabulous mixed-use developments. I think what you're going to find uh, in the next several uh, years, if not decades, is the county stopping uh, detailed minutiae on regulations on how to build around the station, give a blank palette to a good architect, have them design something, and have that design uh, be encapsulated into the code as the zoning code for that specific node. Uh, I think you're going to see it. Uh, it's being used throughout the country. Uh, they let the architects design. They review the design for compatibility, but they don't have a strict Euclidean zoning code where you have to have this amount of setback and this amount of setback. Uh, Private enterprise is genius on how to design things that work for people. And government should still maintain the control of review. But let, let private enterprise design things. And I think in the long run, it's going to serve the whole public and population of South Florida. 
And, and, and driving forward um, in, in addition to that, there's, as we talked about a little bit earlier, many of these uh, metro rail and metro mover sites um, s sit on sort of uh, what is surface parking or vastly underutilized uh, property. Um, you talk about the intersection between the public and the private sectors, and certainly there's lots of room for uh, private development along these corridors, especially if, as they get expanded. Um, but can you drill down a little further on the public-private component or the P3 component of these? Well, the, the P3 component, which is public-private partnership, is to government has the land. Government has a major asset. But government is not necessarily the best uh, des designer of how to use that property. Let private enterprise create, let the government review, and uh, they're going to be paying taxes on this property. That's the incentive the government is giving private development to come in and develop the property. They want it to be successful because they're going to pay very high taxes on that property. The government is going to ignore the benefit of the tax increment as a result of the development. And I think we have an unlimited potential. As we have global warming and as the coastal areas of our county and the South Florida area become more prone to flooding, the, the metro rail and these stations uh, provide a future way that people will now be able to get from one part of the county to the other without fear of environmental concerns. And I think that's going to be the future of our, our county. Well, Stanley, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, the future, I feel, is very bright uh, for this community and for the Rapid Transit Zone. So want to thank you again for your time. Thank you for joining us at another session of Bills and Sunberg's LawCast, and we look forward to seeing you again soon.